This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Bowler coming up here momentarily. And no, not Lisa's pet name for Gordon, but the actual bowler. Nice. So I'm actually, getting, I'm kind of uh, talking to Bowler right now before we go out to Bowler. Okay. Well, I still am trying to get past the fact that you're going to bury yourself with all your money. Lisa's pet way. name for me is Bowler. I mean, that's that's not so rare, right? I, I don't know. That seems kind of wasteful to me. Well, let's ask. Uh, let's ask Bowler. First of all, Bowler, how are you? How are things? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing all right. Do you think it's weird that uh, when I go, when I leave this world, uh, Bowler, that I want to be buried with all of my money? <laughs> I, I, are they going to like? How are they going to do it? I mean, are they going to like? You going to turn it into gold coins or you know like gold? <laughs> bars and put it in put it in there well how, see, how do you how do you want to go out how now, do you want to take it i like where your mind's at with the gold bars because that would make it really difficult for my pallbearers which i feel like it I would be get, a heavy lift yeah yes, i could get would. a good laugh from the from the great beyond but really you know a cashier's check will do i don't i don't okay. mind you know what just just as long as it goes down into the ground with me i'll be dog man well i mean it'll just sit there i mean it can't be used right um exactly we could photocopy it and then keep the real thing up here. Austin said that if he does do this, that he's going to go rob his grave. <laughs> grave robber? Oh, man. Like Egyptian times? Only because it's Jake. Jake right. would be but, fine with it. Yeah, but here's the thing about it, Bowler. It's not that Jake wants to take it with him. It's not like he thinks he needs to pay to get into heaven or some other place. It's that he wants to penalize everybody around him. Hmm. Hmm. So, Jake, is your is your philosophy? Uh, look, you earned your keep. Yeah. And so you want your children to then earn theirs. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know what? I'd really blindside them with it too. You know. Hold just, on. Wait a second. Have your parents told you they're not going to leave you anything? I haven't had that conversation with them. <laughs> <dad. laughs> I have not been that presumptuous yet, Gordon. Haven't haven't well, crossed that bridge. I know your folks pretty well, and I think they're generous people. I think they may toss you a biscuit or two. So have you your know? kids crossed that bridge with you yet? You you get uh, the girls coming up to you like, so, Dad, how much are you leaving us when you croak? <laughs> Bowler. Can you, can, you, can, you write, can you write your not, name on this line, and we'll fill it in later? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. That's a personal question that everybody has to figure out, right? One you know, you not, just it's asked me. It's an uncomfortable me. convo. I got to be honest. It's uncomfortable. It is. It, it's a bizarre conversation to have. It's <laughs> one that has to be had, but you just say, "I'll put it off." Let's. Ah, we'll talk about that next month, or you know, ah, we'll talk about that next year. Yeah. Particularly bizarre when we have the television voice of the hottest team in the league on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we probably should be getting into the basketball that's being played. 
Uh, no, these these conversations, you know. Look, this is this is a life. This this show covers life as well. We so. do. We do <laughs> go down. Yeah, we do go down <laughs> some interesting rabbit holes. Uh, but Bowler, what are you? So nineteen out of twenty. The last time that a Jazz team did that, Bowler, going back to nineteen ninety seven. Man, this team is on fire. Yes, uh, and that's a pretty good team, if I do remember right. Uh, running down that roster, uh, headlined by. Stockton and Malone and a guy named Hornacek and a head coach named Sloan and, a, and quite a group of, uh, you know, uh, you know, characters that, that were around those. Um, this, this team, I just sit back. I, I got to be honest. I try not to get too high or too low. I think I took that from uh, Ricky Rubio, but it's, you can't during the course of 82, you know, games, 72 this year. And nearly 100 by the time you get through preseason and postseason games. But there is something going on here uh, that you cannot, you know, turn your turn a blind eye to, guys. Um, you know, I, my, I get asked this all the time, uh, who are they? And the first thing that comes to mind is really the, the new definition or the definition, I don't know if it's new, but the definition of team. People kind of scoff and go, come on, it can't be that way. But in reality, you know, you even see what Jordan Clarkson did last night and Donovan out there. The old, the old water bottle trick has returned. Um, this team has some, has some special individuals on it. Uh, they have a, a special type of chemistry, but also they've been given permission to go out and just play ball. Uh, and, you know, Quinn Snyder has talked a lot about that over the last week or so and how all this came about and the discussions they had in the bubble. Uh, the fact when they have timeouts, you know, more player input. What do you want to do? Joe made a mention last night. Let's go run, and that's really kind of a that's kind of a beautiful thing, honestly. That coaches and player uh, or players have that type of communication and that type of trust uh, with one another. They can go out and, and play any style of basketball that may be that that may need to be played at that particular time. And I kind of go back just. Not not last night, but the Miami game when really the three ball had been kind of short of late. Last four, I believe, was 33%, and the Jazz were up in the 40s uh, at one time. I think they'd fallen down to 39, but still, they're taking the shots, weren't making as many. So what they did, you know, they started picking pockets. They started going out and maybe getting a little more physical defensively, which allowed them to get some easy buckets off the turnovers. And all of a sudden, you know, the three hasn't fallen, so they're making adjustments and they're winning in different ways, which I find really intriguing, by the way. You know, sometimes you get saddled in or pushed into a corner of just having really one way to play. But what I'm seeing is the Jazz actually have many ways of beating an opponent, whether it's defensively uh, or whether it's from the three or whether they decide to kind of, you know, own the paint. So, you know, guys, I'm just sitting back and having a good time. This is a great time in jazz, you know, franchise history. It, it's right up there with what John and Carl were able to, were able to produce. And look at what they've been able to do at, the, on home, at home and road records. My goodness, they have the best home record in the league and the second-best road record. And they've really reestablished what that team of the – of the late 90s, mid-90s were able to do, and that was to make then Delta Center, now Vivint Arena, a very difficult place to play and where teams second-guess, I think, themselves when they walk in that building again. 
So, Bowler, do you, a word that gets tossed around a lot with this team is comfort. We've heard that with Mike Conley. We've heard mm-hmm. that with uh, Jordan Clarkson. What exactly does that mean? How do you interpret that? I think comfort for this team is um, the fact that they know each other's uh, habits on the floor. And so there's no surprises. I guess it would be uh, the sixth sense rule. You know what I mean, Gordon, where you would say, I know you well enough to anticipate where you will be. And so it makes my job easier along with yours. So passing, even though there's been some turnovers and some passes, these guys do get a little wild at times on trying to throw over the top of the defense. Defenses read it, and they pick it off in mid-flight, and off they go. And that's where the Jets still, I think, you know, are going to try to improve. They have to, uh, especially in the second half of the season and come playoff time. But I, I think they just have a knack of knowing that's what the beauty is when you have teams that stay together for a certain amount of time. And the pick and roll is spot on. Joe knows where to go with the ball. Faves as well with Joe. Mike Conley, even in his 14th year, Jake, I got to be honest. And you and you know you guys talk about this in the post game show all the time. I it's rare that you see a 14 year pro decide that he can still be coached and can improve his game. And I, Mike Conley fits that bill to me. Um, you know adjustments last year. Uh, and now, obviously, having a health issue with, with the hamstring. But what he's doing and the way he's running the show with Donovan and Joe and Clarkson, he knows he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand all the time. And so he's at that comfort level, Gordo, and everyone else follows along. Uh, Donovan, I think, is figuring out who he is. There's pressure, let's be honest with him, being a high-paid four-year uh, pro at the age of all of 24, and it's really an amazing thing to watch. And I think they got obviously they got through the COVID situation, um, and that was a real test, I believe, for this team. And sometimes when you go through some of the most difficult times uh, of your life, uh, it only bonds you closer. And I think even though Donovan and Rudy, you know, it's well documented, didn't speak for a while, they worked it out. And maybe in a way it makes the bond even tighter. So um, that's what I see. I mean, it's it's just an odd uh, situation where you think about big three around the NBA. You have to have big three. In reality, I think team still plays a big factor in how this thing uh, may turn out. You mentioned coachable bowler, and I want to ask you about Quinn Snyder because he's gotten, at least it would appear to me, total buy-in to what he wants to do. And, and mm-hmm. it starts with Donovan and starts in, in Rudy and Donovan being unselfish and playing the way Quinn Snyder wants him to play. Jordan Clarkson taking shots out of his game. You've you've heard him talk about that a number of times in the postgame where he says he's doing threes and at the rim and he's cut out the mid-range stuff. They obviously listen. And and you know Quinn Snyder, and you've had a chance to to watch a bunch of practices up close. What is it about him as a coach that creates that buy-in? Do you think? Uh, I you know he's a smart guy first and foremost, and we know about his education and and you know multiple degrees. Um, Duke, uh, Mike Shashevsky is a pretty good guy to give you your first lesson in coaching. I would think playing at Duke and then being around. Popovich, I think what he's done is take a little piece here, a little piece there, but it's still who he is. And, you know, talking to him over these last seven years, 
you know, I've watched him also get to know this team better and personality driven in the sense of what is the main thing, the button he has to push uh, to get the most out of a certain player. And then as a group, how does that work and how does he formulate uh, all these personalities into a team concept? And he has done it. And I think, again, for me, when I saw Clarkson come back, Jake, and sign the four-year free agent contract where he could have jumped anywhere, mind you, but everyone mentions they want to play for Quinn. They like the system. And then the third thing is I like this locker room, and then it's I like my teammates. And so that, that is not just one player. That is a multitude of players on this roster. And we, we've watched it since Donovan was a rookie. You know, I think this team was hungry for an absolute front-line front leader. You know, and again, I'm not bashing Hayward, but, you know, off you went to Boston. And leadership that was desperately needed never really came about during that time. And Rudy was young, and Donovan comes on board and raised his hand like you would see somebody in class and say, I'll take that responsibility. And look what's happened from that point on. I mean, it's, it's just it's an amazing story, and it still isn't finished, and it's fun to, to, to be a part of it. And I think Jazz fans are seeing something that's really refreshing. And I'm still sure there's some doubters, and there's a long ways to go. But you're 28 games in. You're nearly halfway through the 72-game season. Um, and then I'm waiting just to see what the second half's all about because you're going to see a lot of Western Conference teams, by the way, because the Jazz have made quite a run through the East already. Uh, but I just think it's those combinations of things, personalities that that actually they like each other, they're not jealous of each other, they understand Clarkson's a high-volume shooter, and look at the results he gives them. And, and Joe gets it from a starter uh, back to the bench, bench back to a starter, and there isn't a lot of griping about it, at least not in the media. And that tells me that it's true, it's a tight team. And they've got a goal, and we know what that is. So, Bowler, let me ask you a tough question. It varies from team to team, I get it. Let's say you're the coach of a, of a, a, a playoff team in the West, and you're going up against the Jazz, mm-hmm. not, in, not in a playoff series, just in a regular season. What defense would you throw up? What, what would you do to, to combat what the Jazz are doing right now? What I see, Gordon, that's a great question. And, you know, it's been talked about a little bit. Coach uh, has touched on it maybe once or twice. But you have to listen on these Zoom calls to see, you know, where some of this information kind of jumps out at you and say, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that the Jazz are still trying to improve on taking that first punch and then deliver, but being the first one to deliver it. Don't take it, but deliver it. And that means the physical play that you see on the floor. The Jazz get knocked off spots on the floor. They double down on the three-point line. Jake, you guys, Tim, you guys have talked about this. And when the Jazz tend to, to feel rushed or uncomfortable, if you make any team uncomfortable, it probably goes for everyone in the league. But I still think the Jazz could be more physical at times and be a little bit more, I don't know, just tougher in the sense of, claiming the prize and making a point early because if you can make that that dent 
if you can, you know, get off and score 35 in the first quarter, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of successful nights. You may, you're going to have to hold for runs because it happens. You know, we've watched it. We know it. The Jazz make runs. Their opponent's going to make runs. That's just the way this league is built. But I think it's just being prepared and coming out with attitude. That was something we always talked about last year. Man, the Jazz just didn't seem ready. Right, Jake? You guys talked about that a ton uh, on the pre- and post-game shows. And I think they're much better this year, uh, even though there's still much room for improvement. I think they're taking hits and then hitting back, not physically, but the mental blows that, that come with playing this game and somebody saying, look, I've been around, you haven't. And, uh, you know, look look at uh, the start they've had. I mean, it's it's really kind of an intriguing thing to see, you know, uh, you know Ben Simmons just rocking, rocking the house and dropping down by 14. Sometimes teams curl up and that's it. But the Jazz don't seem to panic. And then you roar back and you win by 11 after trailing by 14. Really an amazing thing last night. Uh, the Jazz rarely trail. But they had to climb back last night, and again, another good test for them to show kind of the personality and who they are. Fuller, they've had slow starts and still come back to win, as you just pointed out. They've had fast starts. They've had wins where they've been up 30. They've had wins that were close for a while, and then they win by 20. They've had wins where they've had to do it by the three. They've had wins where Rudy has dominated at the rim. They've had wins where they've had to do it on defense, like against Miami on Saturday. What does it say about this team that they're doing it in so many different ways? Well, they're they're versatile, you know, and I hope people understand that, that this team, you know, despite the fact you're not hanging your hat on alleged three superstars, but look, there is talent here. Mike Conley, come on. I mean, that guy has has made a huge jump. And like I said before, I, I compliment him for being able to improve his game in his 14th season and also has an, having a terrific year from three. Donovan <clears throat> taking the hit, taking the comment from Shaq, being a, a young, um, you know, confident young player who took those comments and then turned them in just to performance numbers, right? Gobert, underrated, still performs. And, you know, two-time defensive player of the year. And then you got Royce O'Neal, who was undrafted. And, gosh, look what this guy's become. I mean, he's on every every top player in the league on a given night. And some nights, you know, there's some rough goes. Okay. But on most nights, the guy's using his fouls, and he's putting his body on guys, and he's making it tough for them to score. And then you get a Jordan Clarkson, who I can't even explain, Jake and Gordon, what kind of player this guy is. I don't think I've ever seen on in a, in a Jazz uniform the versatility, the attack mode, and the constant motor of, of a guy that has so much confidence and, the, and, and his teammates don't ride him for taking shots because he's high volume, right? But that's the way he plays, and Quinn wants him to shoot the three even more. Um, there's just – every player has a story, man. Faves return. George Niang, another guy overlooked, but still on given nights. If you can get eight to ten points off of him, that's gravy. And then Mieoni intrigues me because he's just a young guy, but a good defender and a body that can play in this league. Um, man, there's just story after story. And I think teams around the league, every coach I've heard uh, over the last uh, month has been incredibly complimentary of what Quinn has done. In fact, uh, you know, Steve Kerr even said, and Jake, I think, and Scordo, you guys heard this as well. He feels like the Jazz are what the Warriors were of four years ago, just, you know, during the – start of their dynasty 
before injuries, uh, you know, knocked him down. But that's that's a great compliment. But nothing's been achieved yet. I know if Quinn was listening or he was in, being interviewed right now, that's exactly right. That's exactly what he was saying. We've done nothing uh, except excite a, a fan base in Salt Lake City and beyond. By the way, I get you know Europeans. I mean, the Australian fans are crazy about Joe and the same overseas uh, with France and Engelbert and others. It's uh, the Jazz have a, a a growing fan base right now for sure. But there's an excitement with this team, Bowler, that. I think it's born out of the this thing is emerging. You know, we're watching something improve right in front of our eyes. And that doesn't happen that often in the NBA. You know, Jake and I were talking about this the other day, and we were trying to think of other examples. And one of them might have been the Warriors as they started to get better. But typically you are what you are. But I know that's not what coaches say, but you, you kind of are. Well, this team is not what people thought it was going to be. It is improving right before our eyes. And and, you, and the players seem to be feeding off of that. They seem to be realizing what is taking place. Not that they're taking it for granted, but they're, they're, they're excited about it too. They are. They are, and they should be. I think they really realize that the bubble is, I think when this story is written, Jake and Gordon, I think the bubble will be really the centerpiece of the story when they were alone for, what, two months uh, by the time they got back into camp and got back home and got knocked down, left the, you know, the old, you know, cliche, bad taste in the mouth, and Donovan stepping up saying this will never happen again. You know, I, you can play that all you want, and fans have heard that with every team in America and beyond. You know, I don't like it. We're always going to remember this. But to really back it up is, is a whole nother level. And for Donovan to say that, that, look, we're not going to go back and revisit this. We're not coming back this way again. We're moving forward. And to see them actually do it is is the thing I think that electrifies and excites the fan base. Um, you know, it's the bubble, I think something happened there. Uh, whether they worked through their disagreements, uh, obviously they were stressed. I was there in Oklahoma City that night on March 11th. I can't believe it's coming up on a year, by the way. It's here it is, past February, what's today, the 16th. We're coming up on a year. And all they've been through, I think, still makes people either you break away or you get stronger. And I know in this case, my bet is this it made the team stronger and they even bonded and got kind of decided who they were going to be and wanted to be in the bubble away from everyone. And that's where Quinn, I think, morphed a bit too, Jake, is that, he makes a point that he realized talking to the players that they were good, good shooters, good athletes that could do multiple things. And he decided to open things up. And when you heard him say the light is green, bright green, uh, you realize that things were changing and they continued to, they continued to impress this, this league. You know, there's a lot of people still not believing, but I think little by little they're chipping away. I think coaches absolutely believe because I've heard them all on our pregame Zoom calls, and they're really impressed. And uh, you're hearing the you know the Jazz the best team in the West, not only by record, but 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 by the way they play and execute. And they're scoring a lot of points by the way, and their defense is still in the top five, so or top six, but. It's it's exciting. I'm I'm sitting back having a blast working with T. Um, Harpreet's coming back to do a couple of games with the Clippers, and we'll see how it works out tomorrow night. But um, it's fun time right now. Kind of reminds you, 
uh, back in the day. I know people don't like to go back sometimes. You think about right now, but there was a special time not long ago. Actually, it has been a while, 97 and 98, but those are great runs against another great player in Michael Jordan. Uh, Who will the Jazz face if they get to that level? Who knows? LeBron's still hanging around, but uh, the Jazz just do it as a team, and it's fun to watch. Buller, just a, a quick personal curiosity question before we let you go. Um, you've known Gordon for a long, long time, been great friends. You were the original host of, of the big show, and uh, you probably get the same question I do all the time, and I'm curious how you answer it, all right? When somebody says, what's Gordon really like, what's mm-hmm. your go-to answer? Uh, I say Gordon is exactly who he is as you hear him on the air. Uh, very much straight up. Uh, talks truth. Um, people have criticized him. I've been there with him when people have almost, Gordon, can I say this? I mean, actually have become verbally abusive and Gordon's <laughs> held his tongue and has been a pro, you know, through it out, through all of it. He has an opinion. That's what he gets paid to do. But in reality, he wears a ball cap, a t-shirt. He matches well, by the way, Jake. You he know? does. He does. You know, the, the color, the color wheel is really good. The Garanimals, Gordo, keep it up, pal. <laughs> He's a terrific BSer. Uh, he is. Yeah, and he, he, you know, I love his stories about him being an Indy car race driver. Then he, you know, won the Kentucky Derby, and he was, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, all those things, man. But no, I mean, I think he is who. Uh, from honestly, uh, I think I hope listeners understand this through all the years that you listen to Gordon Monson is that uh, what you get is who he is, and he usually just comes right off the cuff with it. Doesn't please everybody, whether. You know, BYU, Utah, or whatever, but he's got an opinion, and that's that's what he does. And uh, I've always respected him for well, that. You're, 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 Bowler, you're way, you're way taking, nicer than I am, Bowler. Uh, I know, a, I know, I know, believe me. He's yeah. taking a lot of heat, you know, and I respect that too because he's held his ground. He, he did, you know, you can back off when people really pressure you, but he stands, you know, with what he believes is, well, his opinion. Doesn't mean it's fact. He just is throwing it out there for debate, and that drives this show. It drives every radio talk show in America, and you know opinion. And so, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Does he dress what, what? the best? No, I mean, you know, does he pick up a bill? Does he leave friends at airports? Yes, yes. all <laughs> yes. these things. All these things. Yes. Does he leave yes. you with a glass of iced tea at a restaurant? Hell, yes, he does. <laughs> you know, but through it all, through it all, we get through it. What Bowler didn't ex- describe there was when uh, when I was being verbally accosted, I was hiding behind Bowler. <laughs> I just said, like, hey, man, are you really going here to this guy? But, you know, there's passion. You know what it is, too, Jake? Because, you know, you guys see it and hear it and get the tweets and all this stuff. The passion is, is uh, you know, is, is something I, I continue to be amazed at. But I, I get it. I've been at this a long time, as you guys have too. But the passion is deep. And, you know, with sports and their teams and religion and opinions and all the above. And maybe runs a little hotter sometimes in this state. But um, it's always a fun line of discussion. You know, Stockton, pound for pound. Man, I love that talk. You know, people think I'm crazy. People agree. Um, but. You know, I said, you know, they, they even label him as the dirtiest player. I mean, me and, me and Gordo have been going after this for years. And, I'm, you know, he'll, he'll never be right. 
As you know, Jake, I mean, you're always right. Yeah, Magic Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. You know, Bowler, when I'm when I'm faced with that question, what's Gordon really like? I always say, you know, he's he's a really great example of why commitment laws should be altered and it should be much easier. Should much easier to to commit people because just should I you you want to call me up and should I you want me to help you escort him in? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) May need your help, Bowler. We'll get we'll get a straight jacket and get it squared away. Let let me fit one word in about Bowler. Um, I've seen Bowler in a lot of situations, and he's very courteous, very nice to people, just a gentleman all the way around. But I have seen a couple of occasions where someone has been disrespectful to Bowler and has gotten up in his face a little bit. And I'll tell you right now, as nice as the man is, as decent as the man is, you push push on him too hard, and I'm telling you, Bowler does not back down. I will say it this way. You know the cliche about someone you'd want to be in the foxhole with, man? Bowler's my guy, man. I, I, I've, I uh, have tremendous respect, Bowler. You know that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that, pal. I do. But I'm getting too old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I get knocked down pretty easy now. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I always like that line too, Jake, when, uh, what was it, Frank Layton always said, ah, you're going to a bar fight. You, you make sure you have Jerry with you. You may lose an arm and a leg, but, you know, at least you're going to walk out, you know, a winner. And I, I love those lines. Those are Frank Layden extraordinaires, you know. But Jerry was the guy, man, that I saw him go, you know. He would stiffen like a board if somebody, you know, would challenge the, the, the Jerry Sloan in the day. Uh, but that's the way he played. That's the way he believed. You know, you live your life. You protect yourself. You protect who you are. And uh, I miss that guy. I, I really do. He was one of a kind. One of a kind. Well, Bowler, you are one of a kind, sir, and we love it when you have a chance to drop by the big show on Tuesdays. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I got nothing else to do. I'm just looking outside. Snow. I've already snow blowed, so if anybody needs help, let me know. Austin needs help. Austin needs help. Austin needs help, actually. So, Austin, uh, you got problems there, pal? I bought an electric snowblower, which is about as good as blowing on the driveway. So, yeah. Oh, it runs off? I mean, not gas-powered? No, it's not powered, actually, if you ask me. But yeah, Forget it. Those things don't work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll call you. Yeah. Thank, thank okay. you, Bowler. We appreciate it. All right. Talk soon, guys. Thanks. Bye. The great Craig Bowler, Jack, television voice of the Utah Jazz.